CME, where we interview industry thought leaders in governance, risk, and compliance on hot topics, industry-specific challenges, trends, and more to learn about your methods, solutions, and outlook in this space. Hello, this is Megan B with GRC and me. Today, I sit down with Rob, the head of sales of the Americas at Q. Rob and I discuss the topic of regulatory standardization and normalization and the impact on compliance teams day to day. And now, here's my conversation with Rob. Hi, Rob. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Megan. It's such a pleasure to speak with you today. I'm really excited to cover off on a lot of good topics that I know have been really front and center for a lot of our customers globally and throughout the U.S. And so let's just get right into it. I My first question for you is just how did we get here? Good question. And assuming you mean how did we get to this point of so much disjointed and disconnected information, which I'm assuming is the case, it's a very long answer. But uh, let me just touch on a couple of points. Firstly, we've been on this kind of this merry-go-round of regulating and deregulating the industry more than once over the course of a number of different decades. And as you look at the history just in the US, if you go back to, I won't go through the, the full history, but if you go back to the early 80s, it was considered that the banks over here were being stifled by regulation. So there was a, a an initiative or a, a, a drive to try and deregulate the industry a little bit more over the course of the 80s and 90s to, to try and make the banks more innovative and more competitive. But of course, with deregulated markets, they're more susceptible to fraudulent activity. And by the end of the 90s, after some high profile cases, we started to see new regulations coming through, most prominently with the Sarbanes-Oxley Act uh, and then some ripple on regulations off the back of that. But it really wasn't until the financial crash in 2008, which is obviously a little bit more recent now, that we, we saw a real push, not just the US level, of course, but globally, to introduce and implement new legislation and regulations that protected consumers and the public and investors from such a financial crash happening again. But all of that is to say that, that this cycle of regulating, deregulating, and then reacting rather than pro- being proactive with regulations have largely or traditionally been happening at a national level rather than looking at it through a global lens and how do we introduce global standards and how do we produce and disseminate those standards in a common format. So if you pan out and look at this at a global level through the history of the financial services sector, you can see how we've got this state of so many inconsistencies and so many different formats and and methods of disseminating um, regulatory content. I would love your thoughts on and your opinion of why didn't we just have a common framework, common regulatory standards to begin with, in your opinion? Yes, uh, wouldn't life be easier? <laughs> well, it's, it's actually an easier question to answer than the first. Well, I would, I would start by saying that the financial services sector, it, it predates through globalization. So, you know, 30, 40 years ago, we were far less global than we are today. So markets were looking about at how they protect their own market as opposed to how do we look for synchronization and consistency across the globe. And secondly, again, sign of the times, technology just wasn't as prevalent 30, 40 years ago as it is today. So we didn't have the ability to quickly compare and contrast across multiple jurisdictions to find a common standard or where a common standard could exist. And then lastly, I would say, if you look at where we are today, the the, the sector is 
it's more vast, it's broader. We didn't have topics like digital and cyber to consider 20 years or so ago. Mm-hmm. And you just think about all of the considerations that come off the back of those topics. That's, I think, why we are in the state that we're in today, that we haven't had that kind of pause for thought to think about how do we tackle these, these big global topics to create that kind of single standard that we can all, all operate from. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, and I definitely agree with you. You know, it's easy to operate in a silo, um, heads down, kind of how does this apply to my market, to my country, to my region? But I think the opportunity there is to look at comparing and contrast. And to your point, technology can be an enabler to do that, to provide visibility. And and it all is a part of our innovation over the years in this space. And so Today, though, you know, we've got folks listening to this podcast and who are in the roles and the responsibility of being compliance leaders who have to be mindful of this all. And so today, in your opinion, what does a lack of standards mean for those compliance leaders and those compliance teams? Well, those compliance teams are are living that today and it's complex and, and it's a disconnected kind of regulatory world. Yeah. I was reading recently that just last year alone, there are 300 million pages of, um, of regulatory materials produced, and they're all disseminated in different formats um, through different methods, be it email, subscriptions, regulatory newsletters. So that's a real headache. Um, and because there's, there's no global standard on how regulation is, is produced or, or shared, it's just enormously burdensome for financial services firms to try and keep up with and maintain, especially when you consider that across multiple jurisdictions. So it basically means that you've got firms having to assess their business practices and how they review regulations and in turn controls and policies on a jurisdictional by jurisdictional basis versus trying to manage and review on a global basis across a global standard. And I have heard it from our customers too. You know, they're doing that. They're getting alerts. They're getting newsfeed. They're getting consultation papers. They're mining for all types of information, and it's coming to them in all types of in, in formats. And it it would take an army to do this. And so, how do you feel like standardization would help? Can help? Why is it important in your opinion? Um, well, I think the only way of managing global regulations, uh, particularly some of these emerging risks and topics that we're seeing that have that global impact, is through a global coordinated effort. Mm. And I think that's how we're how we'll we'll ultimately drive consistency and efficiency through throughout our firm's internal operations, but in turn throughout the uh, the sector as a whole. Mm-hmm. We're never going to have true perfection. Um, I don't think, you know, everything, this is a, um, it's a fast moving regulatory world that we live in, but we can certainly make the sector better and and make the environment that clients, professionals work in safer and easier Mm -hmm. and more, and more comfortable to work with it. And you mentioned it, it might be like dreamers tasks. I think that we can get standardization across all areas. Right. But if there was maybe an area of regulation or like a regulatory sector where you think that taking a more standardized approach would really have significant yield on efficiency, on visibility, on compliance, what would be that area of regulation that would be impactful in that way? Yes, good question. It's not so much an area, but there are lots of topics that that have that global impact. So anti-money laundering, crypto, uh, ESG, 
where you've got um, all jurisdictions around the world all kind of thinking about the same things and trying to introduce their own, own rules, of course. But the topic itself, it kind of transcends borders. So you can introduce global standards on those topics and then in turn have that global approach and a global framework to work from. Of course, the, the irony is that there is, a, there is a risk that if left, as we have done things in the past, that while these big topics transcend the borders, they could fall back into this kind of nationalistic approach of how do we address ESG. ESG is a great example when we should be looking at how do we address ESG globally. Yeah, well, specifically ESG, I mean, that is that is the intention, right, of like a successful ESG initiative and program is to have that impact and continuity globally. So, yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate what you're sharing there. I guess another question I would have for you is how do you feel about the value of regulators retaining regs that would match their own economies and structure? Do you find that that's important? Is it not important? I think it's uh, it's appropriate in some cases. In some cases, local regulators and governments, of course, will, will need to take into account uh, local factors in their economy uh, that are personally just to them or specific to their own kind of regulatory environment. Mm-hmm. But I think for the most part, we need to keep an open dialogue and tackle these regulatory topics in a collaborative approach, uh, not just between financial institutions and regulators, but reg techs as well. Because in most cases, we are trying to address the same challenges. So you think about the time and effort that goes into to addressing such challenges, regulatory topics. Mm-hmm. It's ultimately is duplicative across different countries. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, as we've been discussing, it also breeds those inconsistencies across different jurisdictions, even though the intent is to address the same problem. And I think what I've been seeing in the market is into that, to the spirit of trying to address the similar problem, regardless of what region or what country you're in, I think folks are starting to lean into leveraging technology as a way to help them in the standardization, help them in just awareness and kind of data collection of all of the things to be mindful of when it comes to regulatory compliance and the papers and changes and all of that. How do you feel that new technology is either helping or hindering the quest or this future state of having regulatory standards? I think it is absolutely helping. If we kind of look at those global standards, I think we're a way off from having global standards across all those kind of big regulatory topics. So fortunately, we we actually have technology that can help uh, relieve compliance uh, in so much as standardizing all the different formats that regulatory materials are produced in, reading those regulatory materials, classifying them on maths. So in fact, I wouldn't, I'd go further. It's not just helping. I would say that it's, it's essential within uh, the financial services sector. And we, I can say this firsthand, as I'm sure LogicGate has come across as well, but with Cube's customers, the ones that are across multiple jurisdictions, it's almost unworkable, unrealistic to expect those firms to manually monitor hundreds, if not thousands of different regulatory bodies, the different formats that they come in, and then try and determine of those regulations uh, produced that day, which ones are relevant to us and and who are they relevant to. So technology is really, really helping to drive those necessary efficiencies that uh, the compliance um, is, uh, is seeking. 
Well, and I know, you know, our companies have worked together to help solve those problems for customers and financial services and in the crypto space and others where they're evolving, they're growing, they want to stay ahead of the regulatory um, compliance needs. They want to know what does a new market mean for them in regards to regulatory compliance versus it being a fowler, you know, the business goes in a new market and then they have to catch up to see what does that mean. So it's about like having the data at your fingertips in an organized way to make strategic decisions, growth, acquisitions, et cetera. And that's what our customers, our mutual customers, I think the benefit that they're realizing is yes, to get their arms around the volume of work that they need to do and review for the current reg um, and the regulatory uh, standards and frameworks that they have to adhere to. But it's also that, you know, in the future, right, where they want to go, where will they be taking their services and products into what markets? And it really gives them that confidence to do it and it not have to take another full-time person to do it, you know, to think about what does the this new market mean to us doesn't require a new full-time team member to do it. They can leverage technology and then use their time to make strategic decisions. So yeah, I'm glad you shared that. And yeah, it's not just the current efficiency. I think that they're realizing it's the ability to plan and forecast and strategize where they want to take the business and products and services. So that's great. That's fantastic. And so to wrap up our conversation, we always end the podcast with a kind of a fun question. And so we are starting to emerge from the pandemic. Restrictions are lightning in certain areas and regions. So are you finding yourself emerging? Are you traveling a little bit more, whether it's for work or for fun? What? How have you started to kind of emerge out of this pandemic? Yeah, I think from a work perspective, I've noticed, I think we're all starting to notice that uh, more of our customers are in the office, which is great because now we get to visit our customers, which we love doing as opposed to uh, to doing everything virtually. Um, and I don't think we're going to go back to how things were, certainly not in the foreseeable future, but it's great to see that more so because it means the pandemic is further in our rear view mirror yeah. more than anything. Mm-hmm. From a non-work perspective, yes, yeah, so I've got some travel coming up. I'm uh, heading off on holiday next week to Charlotte uh, with my in-laws, which I know terrifies some people, but <laughs> they, they might be able to hear me. So I'll say that uh, it doesn't terrify me. I'm looking forward to it. You've been lucky to have an um, extension of your family that you enjoyed a holiday with. I think that is a huge testament to them. Yeah, and that's great. Well, that will be wonderful. And I know, and on the topic of travel, if you want to continue the discussion on the regulatory landscape and technology as an enabler, join us for our No Risk Roadshow with our friends at Cube in Boston, New York, and London. And visit us at logicgate.com to check out these events and more. Thank you so much, Rob, for joining us today. Until next time, this is Megan Fee with GRC and me.